Hello again and welcome back to this episode of Live Exposed. I am Reggie Brock. A little bit different, right? So we're trying something here to bring both the video and the audio to people in different formats, however they like it and want it. And so uh, as you can see, Nathan Thibodeau, if you don't know Nathan, this is Nathan Thibodeau. He's with us. And the reason he's with us right now is I have no clue how to take him out. <laughs> I mean, like, I don't have, like, put him in a green room. I got no idea how to do any of that. So guess what? It ain't a surprise. Nathan is going to be joining me in just a minute. And so I'm excited about that. But I wanted to take just a minute, and for you who have followed me on my podcast, I wanted you to kind of tell you why I'm, I'm shifting in terms of my format. Uh, I really felt led for the first, uh, like, 35 episodes to really focus on what was in my heart and declaring that out and um, and seeing what connections were made based upon that. And it's been wonderful for me and I've, I've, I've enjoyed it, but I think the season's changing. And I think right now what's in my heart is to find and to um, bring people on to this podcast who I think have a word to share, who have an idea to share, that I think creates great advantage for the listenership, right? It's not like an opportunity to uh, really pump up a product or a service, but it's more of just something that these guys have to talk about, but they've just not really found audience to hear. And so um, you're going to see that with Nathan today, but I just wanted you guys to realize that kind of what was the motivation behind it. Listen, I'm very sensitive to what I feel like God's speaking to me and I want to keep that at the forefront. And I think there's some of you uh, who um, have asked me about some things topically that I just wasn't comfortable talking about. And so I want to not avoid those topics. <laughs> I want to bring people on that I think have insight, great insight about that. So without any more delays, I want to invite probably one of my closest friends uh, in the industry and probably just in my life right now. It's not an industry thing. Uh, this guy means the world to me and we've had much, much time to get to know each other. And, you know, uh, I've noticed over the last couple, three years that he has insights that cause me to want to not talk. Now that's really important because for me not to talk Something's got to be going on. But when Nathan talks, I just really want to press in and lean in and, and hear some of the things in his heart. And I know many of you know Nathan, and uh, I'm just glad he's here with me today. So, Nathan, welcome. Man, I well, I, I feel the same. I don't know if I could express the sentiment any any better, but I feel the same. Uh, the The kinship and the friendship that we've grown over the last few years has become uh, ever more precious to me. And so yeah. uh, I'm super excited to see you on the journey that you're on and seeing you bring more public, the things we've spoken about in private, um, yeah. which is, is super cool because if it's something that you and I connected on and then you're making it public and other people are desiring it, then I feel a connection to what you're doing and that there's more yeah. people that feel the way I did when you and I were talking about these things, just the two of us, you know, or, or the three of us are in smaller yeah. groups that there's a, that what we feel and desire has a broader appeal out there. And then it's like, I mean, I don't really feel alone very often. I don't, 
so I know I'm not alone. But then to hear like other people going, I'm really into what Reggie's talking about. I'm like, that means they're into what I talk about too and what Reggie and I both love. So it's super cool. Yeah, and you know some of the topics that I've discussed with you and Jim um, informing this were a tad bit nerve-wracking. You know, it's just like, I mean, they're, they're not easy topics to discuss. Like, I mean, it's things that we avoid just to avoid so that we don't have to deal with. And, you know, uh, so bringing this out so visible as it is right now, it's been a tad bit nerve-wracking, but at the same time exhilarating because you go like, if it if these type of conversations like me and you and me, you and Jim and, and some others have had impact us, surely they have the same capacity on other people if we're brave enough just to declare what's in our hearts. You agree with that? I do. I do. Um Declaring what's in your heart though can be really nerve wracking because you're kind of you're 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 in some cases you're drawing a line in the sand in some cases you're making an a, a statement of opinion and and sometimes sometimes like there's a difference between what we believe is our opinion what we believe we know to be absolute truth um but then when you're bringing out of your own heart like this is how I feel. These are the things I'm dealing with. This is this is where I'm struggling. I, I even have a similar thing like that going on in my life right now, and I'm finding more men um, are in a similar position to me. And the more open I am to expressing kind of what's going on in my own life, the more men I'm, that I talk to are going, tell me how that works out for you. Or yeah. I like to stay in communication because I'm walking a similar path, and I'm curious how you're navigating it. And so for you to say, you know, it is a little nerve wracking to bring out of our hearts what's in them is a hundred percent correct. But then it's almost, or even if, even if it's kind of dark or difficult when somebody else goes, Hey, I, I hear that. And I feel that yeah. then it's not necessarily a validation, but it is, there is a release there where you're like, okay, I'm not, I'm not in this pit by myself, or I'm not in this, I'm not wandering in the wilderness by alone. There's other people that, that may be wandering that don't know there's other people that are other people. So yeah. I agree with that. Well, I think too, though, you got to be careful because when I said it and then you repeated it, it made me nervous even saying it. And then hearing you repeat it made me more <laughs> nervous. So like, <laughs> you know, like sharing what's in your heart. One of the things all of us have to be careful for is not to believe that just because something comes out of our hearts, it makes it right. Mm. Because many times our heart will deceive us and create more problems than we had hoped, right? <laughs> so you got to be careful sometimes with like, you know, really just, hey man, I'm going to get this out of me. This is something in my heart. It has to have some relevance and help for people. What or what does it really matter? Well, I think it. Well, there's a lot of nuance involved in I think that question. But part of me thinks <laughs> if you get something out of your heart and it's not good, but it creates a whole other, but it like it attracts a group of people who re it resonates with, and it's not good. Well, I mean that's like a cult, right? So eventually you're gonna. You're going to move into yeah. a compound and, I don't know, start 
wife swapping. I don't know how these things happen, but like, but, but if, if you get it out of your heart and it's not good and, and you've been blessed to have good people around you, then I think it is still good to get it out of your heart. Cause then the good people around you can be like, Hey man, that's not cool. Or that's right. not good. Or man, we should address that. Do you need some, yeah. do you need some, um, do you need some forgiveness? Do you need to ask for some forgiveness? Do you need some accountability? Um, and so even like you said that, I think a lot of people, we get excited about the passions of our heart and the things we know yeah. probably aren't bad. Like I got a real passion for going fast. That's in my heart. I get that out. And other people like to go fast. And when I say go fast, I mean, whatever blows my hair back. Right. But when I go, ah, I've kind of got some lusts in my, in my soul and I don't like talking about, it's good to get those things out too. But we don't like, those are the ones we don't necessarily want to get out of us. So I, yeah, you're right. It is nerve wracking, but I think those things have to come out too. But that's the cool thing about hopefully building a gathering or community of people, which I think is what we're all trying to do is to create safe place with safe people to where this kind of stuff can be talked about and you're not harshly judged for, but you have someone to journey with you. Listen, when you're going through the valley of the shadow of death, so to speak, and some of it is because you've embarrassed yourself or your family or some combination of that, you know, you don't want people to know it, but you just live with it and you walk with it by yourself. Not only, I mean, it's just, it's hard to, you know, to burden and shoulder yourself. And so one of the things I know you have interest in, and I know I absolutely have interest in it, is how do we gather people who are willing to vulnerably talk about challenges they face so that someone can maybe at least get a glimpse of, oh, what I'm dealing with is possible to get through as well. And that's one of the heartfelt, you know, ambitions I have right now is how do we create space for people to join us in so that we can walk together through this journey. Look, I don't have a bunch of answers for people, but what they do know is that I'll shoulder up with them. I mean, we're going to walk together and, you know, we're going to find resources and we're going to find things in ways to where we can all advance. And so I know that you guys, you guys, you're, I mean, you're sensitive to this notion about too, like there's a gathering that's happening. There's people starting to pop up and collect and want to share with one another to help other people. Yeah, I think there is. Um, and there's, it's a, it's a weird thing. So I, like, I, I promised myself I would just be as open and transparent about what I think yeah. while you and I are talking about this. Like right now, this is in public to all four of you listening. Um, yeah. I'm just kidding, Reggie. I'll bet you're on it. <laughs> your audience is better than that. But um, <laughs> uh, might only be four if you, if you put my name in the title of this. But um, that that there is there there is when a movement happens, there are people who cause it. There are people who it resonates with, and then there are people who jump on a bandwagon, and then there are people who want to use it. Right, so we just went like like a, a numerous different progressions. You've got some people who might have been a catalyst for it. You have the people who it resonated to. They were like, "Ooh, I want to also be a catalyst to this." Then you have people who go, "Huh, the winds are kind of blowing this way. I should maybe get on get on board." Right. Yeah. Then you have the people. I think like they don't. They would never say they want to do harm, 
because they don't see their own advancement as harm, but they look at it and they go, I'm going to use this movement to advance. Um, and so there is, there is a danger in looking at a movement and then opening that up and then saying, I want to draw people to me because the greater the, the greater the numbers that are getting drawn to you, the, the higher likelihood of, of the other type, like bandwagon folks, nothing really wrong with them, but you probably don't expect them. They're a little like chaff, right? They're light. They're going to blow away in the wind because if the wind shifts, they're going to jump on that wagon, whichever way it goes. And then the dangerous ones are the ones who can destroy what you're trying to do because of their motivation. So like there is that category in there and in putting this stuff public and create and, and being a catalyst and then also contributing to the catalysm. I don't even know if that's a word, but like those are the things you're looking for kind of those initial first two. And then the second two, you're like, I don't, I don't know. And so you have to be wary of that, of that contingent, I think a little bit, right? It's like well, the, the, the wolves two, in the flock. Yeah. Well, the first two are really the aggressors with it to me. Like they're in they're like, and then your bandwagons are just in. And, and again, you sit church, fill in churches and organizations all across the world. So I'm not critical of it. The ones that bother me the most are that group that see it and use it for their advancement and their own, uh, um, you know, benefit of life. And so I think we're really at calls right now, and we're really at you know where people are starting to what was it you said uh, causes and then they, like a catalyst and then a. <laughs> Yeah, it was an R word. I don't remember what it was, but it was a good one anyway. So <laughs> I think that's what's happening. And uh, that's why a part of this matters to me in doing a podcast like this is because it allows people, I think, to declare things out of their hearts, out of their mouths that are awakening people to maybe issues they've just not really paid attention to for a long, long time. And if we can do that, we'll worry about everything else later. And so... Um, I know you're a part of that. I'm a part of that and I'm really excited about the future. So today, I, I know we, that was like a free commercial, but today, <laughs> um, I really, you and I talked about something a couple months back that I thought was really interesting. And then a friend of ours, Mike Goldenstein, uh, you were with him yesterday, the day before, something like that. And I think the topic of tension came up again. And so, I, you know, that's what we're going to, I really want to spend some time on in just the next few minutes. And that's just talking about tension, maybe defining it, maybe looking at it from a positive and a negative perspective and really get your insight on that. Cause I think it, you know, it's something all of us face. Um, but I don't know that we do well with it. Um, and I don't even know that we're supposed to do well with it every time, but our conversations led me to a point where I wanted to know more. So why don't you just kind of like get some of your initial thoughts on it and, uh, you know, kind of let's see where this conversation goes. So, so, um, I see how I set the table on this. So this concept of tension started to become more and more real in my life as I, tried to apply the things that I knew were good to how I thought and acted. And then also 
tried to have a willingness to understand the results that I was getting and how to apply them correctly. And so here's so just just to try and lay out like a little understanding of the of the concept of tension is that I think we as human beings we love the concept of black and white. It's this or it's that. And you want to be on one side or the other. Right? You 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 want your your finances to be in the black, not in the red. Right. Okay? Um and when it comes to issues, we want to feel the same way. When it comes to issues, when it comes to our finances, when it comes to our health, you know, and we like the black and white concept. Um, it, just making it simple and easy, you know, is milk good for you or bad for you? Right? That's People want to be able to go, it's this or it's that. Now, my wife is, uh, she has a master's degree in human nutrition and dietetics. And if you went to her and said, is milk good or bad? She's going to go, neither. It's going to depend. Right? So now all of a sudden there's this tension that's created by the variables on one side or the other. So some people do great without milk and some people, I mean, lactose intolerant. You should be avoiding dairy just entirely. I can tell you dairy has never really given me a problem ever. Wow. So there's this, there's this tension between whether you should drink milk or not drink milk. Okay. Is money good or bad? Right. All of a sudden people go, well, pff, rich, rich people, blah, blah, blah. Poor people, blah, blah, blah. Well, there's a tension there. You can be unrighteous and poor, and you can be righteous and poor. You can be unrighteous and rich, and you can be righteous and rich. And that's not from me. That was a pastor that I'd listened to years and years ago, and I actually recently, I heard it just the other day from another pastor who was giving a attribution to him for that. But anyway, so there's a tension there. Um, this idea that, and then you start to get a little more personal, okay? I am who I am. And you shouldn't judge me. Or I am who I am and that's enough. Well, we'll just go with that one. I am who I am and that's enough. Is it? So on the one hand, yes. You, If you are who you are, you're going to need to settle yourself with that. Okay? Simultaneously, you can also become better. You can become better. You can become stronger. Okay? So... Am I content with who I am? That's a real peaceful place to find. But am I also seeking to be more and greater at, at, at a particular, like stronger or more healthy or more intelligent or more knowledgeable or have greater wisdom, better father, better husband? Yes. So you can't fall on this side over here where you go, look, I'm enough. I'm everything I ever need to be, right? Because your wife is probably looking at you going, hey, buddy, you got some places you can improve. But we also can't fall fully on this side where I am not enough. I cannot do anything. I am nothing but a failure. Or I am so great. I'm fantastic. You don't, you don't get that, that extreme. So what happens? We have this tension that exists. And, and, and the more I analyze my own life and the more I look at life and issues at hand, the more I see tension everywhere and i am i'm convinced that it's that it is a natural and good thing 
I don't think we generally like it because it's uncomfortable and we don't get to just rest in a place. So what does the tension do that makes it healthy? I think it is it it, it allows you to 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 consistently be to be growing actually. Cuz you can grow towards a comfort in an area and then also grow towards advancement in an area and those two things pulling against one another I think create healthy they create a healthy growth inside of a person. Like me, I believe that I am who I am and I am continually learning more about who I am as I get older. And I'm hoping not to get all stale and crusty and 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 stagnant in that. I want to continually dive deeper into it, but I also know that there's more that I'm capable of. And so those two things kind of weave in and out, but they involve being content and discontent at the same time. Hmm. So that, that, but that feel, but we don't like that feeling. Like I battle that thing constantly. Like, am I enough? Okay. I am. I am enough. God loves me. I am enough. And then I, and then I'm like, but <laughs> I made a mistake literally 10 minutes ago. Yeah. Which means I wasn't enough to not make that mistake. What does that the mean? Tension, the tension is far greater. And I mean, if you just look at life, you know, you're talking about maybe an internal tension that we face to battle to become better. But I mean, look at really every area of our life. I mean, politics create tension, right? I mean, religion creates tension. Marriage creates tension. Raising <laughs> children creates tension. You know, I mean, there's just this healthy balance of pulling us. And I, I love your idea about the purpose of it. The purpose of is it to what? Is to grow us. It's like it to help us maybe to uncover and discover things that maybe we've avoided or we've taken as unimportant and they become important to us again in life. So, I mean, I'm a big believer in tension. I think the pressure is really what refines us, or at least it, it either refines us or it, <laughs> you know, it knocks us in the other direction. And so, um, you know, I, I, this whole concept just interests me. I, I like how you brought up politics. Okay, right? One of the two things you're not supposed to talk about at the dinner table. Yeah. Yeah, religion and politics. Well, you and I aren't eating, so we're good. Yeah. Um, I think about this concept of conservatism, conservatism versus liberalism. They, first of all, they feed off of one another and they also require one another. Okay. 100% conservatism will usually create stagnation. Like you're, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to consistently rely on what, what is faithful, what is true, what is known, a known quantity, or at least what you feel is. That creates stagnation, and I tell you what, you can be very comfortable with something that's not good because it's what you've known, okay? Some people may argue with me about that kind of that. That's a very loose, high-level definition, so don't hold me to that. There's more to it. Yeah. I get it, right? But on the liberal end of things where we start to try and unhinge maybe and tear down some of those old – sometimes those – they, they really attack, they're constantly challenging old systems, old methodologies, old ways of seeing things. And sometimes it's from the perspective of burning it to the ground, and sometimes it's from the perspective of this doesn't work anymore, 
right? So you have these two spectrums and they need one another because they don't, neither one of them is everything that is required for human flourishing. Somebody has got to be pushing the envelope. Somebody has to do that. Otherwise, we don't advance as human beings. Like what was a, what was a, what was a societal norm 500 years ago? Some of those societal norms weren't good. They should be gone. And liberalism, especially classic liberalism, plays a huge part in trying to tear down those institutions that aren't good. But then you have conservatism over here that says, hey, some of these things are good. And if we go too far this side, we're going to have a problem if we go too far this side. So all of a sudden now we have this tension, right? And I think that tension actually, while right now it looks like it's wildly unhealthy, and I've got ideas and thoughts around that, but we don't need to talk about that. But that's, that's an example of, I think, that external, internal growth. But like, if you tend to be a conservatively leaning person, you should look at the concept of, of liberalism or liberalist thinking and go, is any, is what here is good? What here is right? And you know, dude, that's, this is where people get scared to death. It's like, oh, yeah. I think in a bad way, it's like, they're going like, I can't even consider that. And I'm not going to bring up some things that I would probably like to just, I'm not, don't know that I'm ready for the backlash, <laughs> the backlash. But I mean, the way I was raised my whole life, you know, even the consideration of a shift in pol politics in my mind was judged so harshly that you never spoke of it. You know, or look at the church. There are things in the church, the targets that have moved. Let me give you a perfect example. My dad, 89 years old, uh, was a fantastic athlete growing up. Basketball, baseball, tennis. He scholarship in all three of them out of high school. Played, ended up playing tennis in college. And the entire time... Wait. He had a scholarship for basketball and baseball and and what else? Tennis. Tennis. And then he went for tennis. Yeah, he took he chose tennis. Yeah. And so um the dude up till he was about sixty years old. And my dad was the kind he did not let up on me. Because he you know, I one day we had this conversation. When I beat you, I want to know I beat you. Do not like so I dude he I tattooed me for like years and all this sport. Now I take him on the pickleball court right now and I'm going to beat him until he can't breathe. <laughs> but, He's six years old. <laughs> and growing up, his mother, my grandmother, could not attend one of his baseball games or his basketball or a tennis tournament. And do you know why? Because the church she attended told her to do that is compromising your values, your worldly. And if you're caught there, it's going to be a bad ordeal, like discommunication from the church. And so now look at it. I mean, now look at the pendulum, how far it's swung back in an absolute different direction where almost Sundays seem insignificant anymore. I'm just saying, you know, like... <laughs> You know, with the online stuff, and I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying people are so afraid to talk about it.
But eventually, there has to be movement with this tension or I think people lose interest. Like if my, if, if my church has said to me, when my son was growing up, you can't go watch him play ball, I would have been like, peace, I'm out. I mean, like this is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. Mm. So these corners we get in, even though there's tension, I think some of the reasons why we're not good with it is because we fear we'll be compromising in some way that people will judge us in some way or form or I, I, I don't know, but I mean, that's kind of what I think. I, yeah, I, I, I agree with that. And I think that tension that we like, well, we, we like to feel comfortable. So we, we like to, you know, sit in a particular place and, you know, when it comes to religion or when it comes to politics, you know, or culture, you know, we get pretty tribal about these things. Um, and that's, once again, that's not necessarily, see, I, I'll say there's tension there. There's some benefits to having your tribe. There's right. some benefits to having a group of people that you belong to and you guys have some similarities, right? But there's also some benefits to stepping outside of that tribe and look at, and picking your head up and looking around at what else is going on. And I think that, 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 that tension, the uh, compromise, you use that word. I think it was perfect. Like there is a tension between the concept of being open and vulnerable um, um, and then, and then being steadfast in your values and, 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 uh, 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 steady and consistent, right? We worry about the concept of compromising, but then over here, we should worry about the concept of, of, uh, immovability because the first person to say that they're not movable is probably somebody you should say that they're probably wrong somewhere, but they're not going to say that. So there's this tension between being open and then and then being steadfast. And so your finances, what's the tension that exists in your finances? Is is there is there a concept of enough? We don't we don't even like that. We don't even like that word in America. I've heard that I've heard many different like entrepreneurs even say like am I supposed to be uh, am I supposed to be content? I'm like, I, I mean, I feel like the answer to that is obviously yes. Then what causes you to push for more, right? So now all of a sudden we have this this tension. Well, what what does more mean? So now you have to evaluate that concept. Well, if I'm content, then why would I work any harder than I do? My first question might be, should you work any harder? How hard are you working now? Is somebody suffering at the hand of how hard you're working? Maybe you don't need, maybe you should be working not as hard. Yeah. Right. Or <laughs> if you're content with sitting on pizza boxes in an apartment and you're not providing for the people around you, really helping anyone, maybe, maybe you shouldn't feel particularly content with that. Maybe there is a problem going on. So right, bam, contention that exists. How satisfied or dissatisfied are you with a thing? And I think yeah. marriage is God, marriage is another really powerful one because you know they. I think they're wise words and pick your battles, right? What which you know, wives, husbands, what what hill are you going to die on? 
That doesn't mean there aren't some hills you're will you're not willing to bleed on. You're gonna bleed on all kinds of hills. So now all of a sudden there's this tension. Am I gonna let this go? Am I gonna or am I gonna uh, am I gonna am I gonna am I gonna put a flag in the ground here? Tension. And I think the reason why I I kind of default to it actually being a good thing as it pertains to what we're talking about is that I find it everywhere. And I can find and in most in most cases I can find a a positive on both sides of the things that are pulling against each other. Yeah. And if I can, then that tension is probably a good one and a healthy one. Now, I do believe that there is that there is unhealthy tension. So don't get me wrong. Like you're like, "Oh man, my house is super super tense, so we must be doing well." <laughs> no. I don't think so. If you go home and you're instantly tense, then it's then what what you'll probably find is two bad things pulling against each other. You're like all of your desires and all of your selfishness pulling against all of the desires and selfishness of your wife. That creates yeah. tension too, and that's probably not a good one. Yeah. To me, as I hear you talk, I start thinking about tension has this neutrality to it. You know, to where you're going like, is it really bad or good? Or what does it produce that's bad or good? Mm. You know what I mean? It's like in itself, what's the purpose? And see, to me, the purpose of tension is, it's, I think, making us aware of things that we need to consider that probably need attention. It's like you talked about finances a minute ago. You know, it's not just, am I making too much or am I not making too much? I think it's more like, how am I... what kind of steward I am with however much I have. See, that to me creates tension because if you've got a husband and a wife or whatever, or you're in business with somebody and the issue, you see things different financially, that can create tension that leads to deeper problems as opposed to a tension that goes like, hey, if we see things differently, how can there be some type of, and I know everybody hates this word, but compromise or whether there is an equalizing of our thoughts to get us on the same page so that no matter the topic we use tension as an opportunity to pull us together not separate us because the first thing I do when I feel tension is pull and I'm, I mean I'm like oh okay oh and so now that rubber band starts stretching more and more and more and all of a sudden it loses its elasticity and what happens it's it, it, it pops and we've lost connection. I think tension is a connector. And it gives us the opportunity to work through those issues without breaking everything in between. And, but makes us aware possibly of some issues that we need to walk through and gain clarity on so that we can maybe journey in a more comfortable way together. I don't know. I mean, that... But as you're talking, I'm like, tension's not bad. It's kind of what we do with it that creates good or bad. Well, I know, uh, and you know this about me. I am, I am a, uh, a chronic overthinker, and yeah. so I can find tension everywhere. As a matter of fact, I can manufacture it. So if you want some tension, give me a call. I'll create some yeah. for you. 
Um, <laughs> so uh, I think that that we can, and this is something that what you and I have been working on too, is like understanding how to how to simplify. Um, and I don't think so as we're talking about this. So okay, bam, perfect. Here's another level of tension. As we're talking about this, if you're going, this makes sense. Like I think tension might be healthy and good. You don't need to go looking for it. Right. You don't need to create it either. So once again, like there's this dramatic side where people, I'm trying to avoid as much tension as I possibly can. Then somebody over here who might be like a hyper aggressive growth minded person. Like, oh my goodness, I need to find some tension because it's good for me. (laughs) Bam, there's a tension there. There's truth in both things. You don't want tension. You like, it's like, like you don't want unneeded, unneeded and unhelpful tension. Right? So you should avoid useless tension. But then you don't really have to go looking for it either because believe me, it, it, it's there. You know? And, and any place that you're, you, you may find yourself battling between two, two positions that don't necessarily have intrinsic moral like opposition, then you're yeah. going to find tension there that's probably healthy. Right? So if your tension is like, okay. In my opinion, if your tension is like, hmm, should I go to the strip club tonight or should I go hang out with a buddy of mine who's hurting? Like, that's a real tension. Yeah, that's that's a if it's if that's a lot of there's a lot of tension there. You probably have a heart problem you need to deal with. Okay, but yeah, I'm not entirely sure where I was going with that. But um, that's that's there's a tension in between. There's a tension in tension itself, and I think. That anal that analysis of like you said, where does it come from and what is it producing? Um, I think are are valuable to 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 think about. Yeah, some people tension is adrenaline to them. You know, I mean, it's like I've met those people, and then those people tend to be the ones that take the next step and become extremely dramatic. And I've seen I, I, you know that person. That person go. That person simultaneously goes. I'm not about drama, and then also says, "I just say it like it is." Yeah, right. That's how you know you found that person. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And so I think some people, to your point, create it for the sake of creating it. I know people that if there's not some type of drama or some type of tension going on in a relationship, they don't even feel loved. I'm not kidding you. I mean, I've met people that when they're at their best performance is when there's conflict constant. And generally it's stuff they've created. I don't know what that's called or how it is, but it's as evident as the nose on your face. I mean, there's some people, and that's not what we're after today. It's like, Go manufacture something so that you can prove you've gotten through it and won. That's not what this is about at all. This is about, I think, tension that comes to us because we're in life. And how do we use it to our advantage and see it as an opportunity for growth as opposed to something that just pushes us in corners, makes us draw our swords, and fight to the bloody end? I think the... And if you're if you're into the scriptures, um, there's this term that is used when considering 
your position before the Lord as somebody who follows Christ. And it's this term called the now but not yet. And so a lot of a lot of people are going to say, well, those two things are diametrically opposed. It's either now or it's not yet. For somebody who for somebody who's bound by the laws of time, that is correct. Right. That is correct. Now and not yet cannot both exist kind of at the same time. However, we deal with a God who is not bound. And I think thinking about this concept was probably, if I think back to like the gateway to my, to my uh, awakening to tension was probably thinking long and hard about that concept. What does it look like to be redeemed, to be forgiven, to be able to walk in freedom while also still flawed and 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 capable of 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 sinning or or yeah. or doing wrong things. So what what does that mean? Well, that means that simultaneously I am not a perfect individual while also I am viewed by God as a forgiven individual because of Jesus. So I'm not perfect now, so that's the now but not yet, but I am loved and I have a relationship with God despite despite that because of forgiveness, so that's the now. So the now is the relationship with God. And so man, hours spent thinking about that that tension that exists and how I I want to pursue getting closer to that to that perfection and getting closer to being more Christ-like and simultaneously realizing like I, like I can't put the pressure on myself to be perfect. Jesus took that off of me. So like that 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 little that thought exercise I think is what broke this open. I started going there's a tension that exists there. I can't I can't rest on my heels and be like, well, I'm good before God and then do whatever I want. But I also can't expect that I'm capable of being perfect in, in his eyes. So I have a now, but not yet. Both things are true simultaneously. Mm, instant tension. And I started going, where else does this exist? Right. Everywhere. Yeah. I, I, it's just interesting to me. It's another one of these topics that I think you have to choose what you're going to, what the way it's going to work for you, right? Like, I think it can be healthy or I think it can be unhealthy. I think we have to decide, but I think it's a useful um, time in all of our life if we could recognize it and we can deal with it in a way that doesn't cause us to become resentful and, you know, it doesn't cause us to want to fight and it doesn't cause us to want to disagree or name call because that's what I do. If I, if I, I feel tension in a conversation at times in the past, rather than just leaning into it, I pull back from it and it just creates more of the same, right? It's just like more tension. And so one of the hopes that I had for this today was just that people could just realize tension can be a tool, an opportunity for growth. It's a rub that might be healthy, Right. I mean, it's it's a uh, sharpening of ourselves um, in a way that can be productive. And um, but at the same time, we need to 
realize that we have the opportunity to make tension really bad for us or good from us is really what we you know have to learn to, to deal with. And so anything finally you want to say on this? Well, tension, tension can create heat. It can create stress. It can yeah. create difficulty. And that's, and the thing is, is like, that's not bad. I think I, sometimes I think it funny when people use that as iron sharpens iron. So one man sharpens yeah. another. And I'm like, have you ever watched iron sharpen iron? It is not a gentle process. It's violent. It's hot. There are sparks. And the, and what is produced is something very sharp. And so I think that we need to, we need to consciously, consciously be aware of the concept of, of what it is that can sharpen us and realize that like we, we, the more aware of it we are, I think also the more things we have to learn. And so if you're really in a time of grinding right now in your life and by grinding, I don't mean like, I don't mean the hustle and the grind. I mean, like yeah. you feel like you're being ground on. I want you to realize that ev that almost everything that is, that is smooth that is soft, that is, that is, that is, um, a lot of things that are beautiful, had to get ground on a lot. Yep. And so I'd be thinking of that, right? Um, I don't know. That's kind of my last thought on yeah. the concept of tension, I think. Well, folks, listen, now is a time for you to start analyzing life and seeing things like tension coming into your life and just deciding what you're going to do with it. Right? It's an opportunity for you to grow as you're being ground upon, right? There's a grinding that's probably going to happen. It's, it, 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 but it, it could be just smoothing you out for the smoothing process that needs to happen in your life to get you prepared for whatever you're to do next. And uh, Nathan, I want to say thanks. I love you, man. I appreciate everything you're doing for people. Um, uh, and you know, the impact that you've had on my life and I'm really, really grateful for that. And thanks for spending time with me today. Well, thank you, Reggie. I love you too. And for those listening, I, I, I truly do love you, even if I don't yeah. know you. And, and, and I hope that, you know, something, something, something poked you a little bit. And if it did you, like lean into it. Absolutely. Well, guys, thank you so much for being with us today. Uh, if, if in any way I can help you or Nathan can help you, reach out to us. We're really available on social media. But until next week, God bless you and have a good week.